It is never easy following the greatest hour of the week in radio. No, it isn't. You cannot bring enough energy to replace Jay Lehman on these airwaves, that is for sure. But we'll give it a shot. It is the drive with Tay and Piper. I'm Lante. I'm back. I'm a part-timer. I've heard it all. Uh, and it's probably true, to be honest with you. And Kyle Tosk, who is basically enabling me <laughs> to be a part-timer. So blame Kyle. Not Don't blame me. Blame Kyle. Piper, sure. Piper of course, out east. Um Covered a great Illinois Rutgers game, which we're going to talk about here a little bit from Brad Underwood. And then, of course, tomorrow night, FAU tips at 6? 5.30. Oh, 5.30. That's what you had said. So, we'll preview that game. I know Illinois is ranked 24th. Did that come out? They moved up to 20th now. Oh, they're 20th. Okay, that makes sense. And then FAU? FAU, I believe, is 11th. Okay. So, there you go. You've got a couple of top 20 teams in action tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Is that on? ESPN. See, this is why you're here. I mean, I literally just start, I lead you into things and you answer the question. It works out well. So we'll hear from Pipes tomorrow early in the show from Madison Square Garden to get you ready for that. Today, we'll hear a little bit from Brad Underwood. He's actually speaking today or spoke today, but we're going to save some of that for tomorrow. We're going to play some sound from the game against Rutgers on Saturday. Let's be honest, Kyle. That was a dominant performance. I, I did expect Illinois to win that game. I didn't know they were going to come out and do what they did. They jumped on them early. I know they had to weather a storm in between, but man, that Illinois team just, I mean, it looked like a bunch of older guys going against younger guys. They physically imposed themselves from the tip-off. I mean, it had to be a dream game for Lante to watch, (laughs) 55-27 on the glass. Illinois had more offensive rebounds than Rutgers had defensive rebounds. I didn't know that. Wow. So, I mean, they were – and that's really hard to do against a team in Rutgers who you don't go into the rack and out-tough them and out-physical them very often, at least under Steve Peichel in Illinois. I think, like you mentioned, getting off to such a great start like Mm. they did, that has been such an issue for this team. They just – from the beginning, they looked like they were in control of the game. And then, like you said, they they weathered that towards the end of the first half. Rutgers made it a game going into the locker room. And then they went on another huge run to start the second half and really never looked back from there. And, man, how good is Terrence Shannon playing? Oh, my goodness. He is playing absolutely like an All-American, and he's shooting the ball so oh. well. How does he make some of those I know. He, he just – He's in that zone right now where it feels like every everything he puts up is going in, and he can take whatever shot he wants, and you'll live well, with it. Think about what he does defensively. Oh, for sure. There were a, there was the one play where he comes from behind and blocks a shot. He's a guy that like sometimes you don't notice him on, notice him on defense because the dude he's guarding isn't doing anything because he can't because Terrence Shannon is shutting him down. There is no doubt. I mean, I've watched all Americans at Illinois, right? There is no doubt in my mind that Terrence Shannon – now, he's got to continue to play right. like he's playing. There is no doubt if he does that he's an All-American. First team. I mean, it, it's first team All-Big Ten. The only reason he wouldn't be player of the year maybe is due to yeah. either Boo or, of course, Zach Eady, who was unbelievable in a loss to Northwestern. We can chat on that. That was incredible. If he's good enough to be the player of the year over Zach Eady, oh. I think Illinois will be really really good this year. I'll just put it at that. <laughs> what did Eady have, like 35 and 17 or something? In the f- something like that. In a loss. Yep. That's incredible that that happened in that game. But that said, I mean, to see what Shannon's doing, to see, you know, we talked a little bit about Marcus Damask and what he's brought to this team. And, you know, he's a strong kid. And, and, and basically, everything he's doing right now is what he did at SIU. 
And I was worried, would that play to this level as much? And the reason is he doesn't play above the rim. We know that, right? But he's heady and he's strong. And he can physically move you and make the right decisions. The one play where he got the ball in the lane, kind of bobbled, I thought, got it back, did the pump fake on Amori or whoever the other big guy was for Rutgers, and then went up just with an easy shot. And it's like, okay, that's a kid that shot seven billion times in his life, including that little pump fake, probably against a big brother when he was eight. But it was just, those were very impressive. I liked what Harmon did. I liked, I thought he brought some good stuff into that game. Of course, things look really, things look a lot better when shots go in. Right. Isn't that amazing? How all of a sudden you're like, wow, we're shooting the ball well. At one point we were like seven to 17 from the three. And I'm like, man, we just look like we really know what we're doing today. Well, in reality, it's you're making shots. Well, I think they were generating better looks than they have, yes, too. I, just, I agree. It, the offense flowed a lot better. It looked like there was an emphasis on guys really trying to attack the paint and create open shots. Like, they took 21 threes, but all of them were in rhythm, in flow within the offense, they, and that leads to shooting 9-21. of 21. It's not Boom. those late clock threes. It's not those forced threes. Uh, at the end of the shot clock that are the ones where you really get in trouble. But it just felt like, and against a really good defensive Rutgers team, like their metrics coming into this game were top 10 in the country defensively. And you go in on the road, and I just thought the offense just, it looked cleaner and more fluid than it has in a while. See if this makes sense. Last year, minus Coleman, who I thought took some shots that I was like, eesh. Uh, Although, actually, I say that, and Coleman was a guy that really Brad wants to shoot more when I watched this team last year, sometimes I wanted the hockey pass. And what I mean by that, I know you know what that means, but if you don't, in hockey you get an assist even if you're the pass before the pass that leads to the goal. So there's two guys that can get an assist on a play, and so they call it the hockey pass. It's the pass before the pass that gets you the, uh, the, uh, the shot. Now, it doesn't count as an assist in basketball, but I thought last year there were times where Illinois needed to have that hockey pass. This year, there's times, and this game was perfect in that second half, where it was almost like they're just playing around. Like Goody and Shannon are playing this two-man game on the wing where they're just like, no, nah, you shoot it, no, nah, you shoot it, no, nah, you shoot it, nah, you shoot it. And then, boom, you know, Shannon hits one wide open, or boom, Goody hits one, or Coleman, you know, makes an extra pass. And, and I know Damask is good at that. The other guy that's really good at that that we didn't mention is Terrence Shannon. Yes. I know on occasion he's going to get a little out of probably going a little too fast sometimes for his own good. Sometimes he's too athletic for his own good where he's going 100 miles an hour, and you better be ready to catch that because that ball's coming like a four-seamer about 86. But I just love the way these guys share the basketball, and you can tell – that they're all – I don't want to say that any one team is selfish or anything. I think, for the most part, we've all played athletics. I mean, for the most part, I don't think you run into too much selfishness. But certainly on this team, these guys almost understand what that next pass can do. And I think it goes back to your point where they were getting good shots, and that's a reason. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I think – Playing team offense like that, moving the basketball, that is how you're going to mask not having a true point guard That's out true. there. That's, That's how you're going to generate good possessions without having a guy that gets you into actions. It's if every guy can kind of become a playmaker, and especially with Terrence Shannon, like the ball's going to be in his hand so much. I agree with you. I think he has taken a step forward when it comes to creating shots for others and playmaking. I just I've seen felt like last time at times he knows how lethal he can be going to the basket, but he would kind of 
drive uncontrolled and you know he'd turn it over <laughs> he'd just be going 100 miles an hour and have nowhere to go with the basketball and now I feel like he realizes how much attention he's going to command and he is always ready to make the right play and he's creating opportunities for other guys to get shots and that's along with averaging 20 a game so I, I think yeah I, mm. I it just it did feel that way it felt like Guys were passing up open looks for an even more open look and right. just moving the basketball really well, and the offense just looked so fluid and connected. And that's coming off like the second half of that Marquette game. It didn't look that way at all. So to see that happen in a road game like this is pretty encouraging. I want to talk about Coleman for a minute, and then we'll get to some Brad Underwood. I really honestly do think Coleman Hawkins does. He doesn't score, right? And I think that drives us nuts because – Let's be honest, we're all kind of a part of the game where we understand that if you look at a box score the next day and never saw anything about the game, you could see that somebody scored 22, and you might be like, well, they must have had a good game. Well, in reality, they were 6 for 25 and had seven turnovers and happened to hit eight free throws. And so maybe they didn't have as good a game as you thought. And then on that same box score, you might look at a guy that scored four points and you think, ah, he didn't really play that well. But in, but in reality, he had eight rebounds, six assists, and, you know, caused three turnovers. So I think there's things – don't get me wrong. I still want more from Coleman. And I'm not going to sit here. I know I've been – I literally have been the apologetic Coleman Hawkins guy for a couple of years now. But I think there's things that he does. You know, like defensively, there were a lot of times where Rutgers in that second half would drive to the lane – and Coleman's waiting there. And and so it forces either a tough shot that they miss or Coleman blocks it, et cetera, and you get it and you go. But I just – I know there's certain things that Coleman needs to get better on. There's no doubt about that. And, and they frustrate you on some things. But I think there is an appeal to Coleman Hawkins' game, and I think there's no doubt that he made a big impact in that game against Rutgers to where – you don't see Cliff Amore go off like he normally would. And I know there were even a time where Hawkins and Dane, they were off the floor and Amore didn't go off. So he just kind of had a day. But I just think that, you know, like I, I think the, one of the, and I can't remember who announced the game, but one of them said, uh, you know, Amore's going to have, he's going to see Coleman Hawkins in his dream tonight about how he's playing. So I feel like to the untrained eye, and I don't want to sit here and say I'm any better than anybody in terms of watching basketball or knowing the game. I think to the untrained eye, sometimes you don't think Coleman's doing much, when in reality, I think he's doing a lot. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And you even saw that. I mean, you mentioned it. When he was off the floor with two fouls in kind of that second portion of the first half, it felt like that was the time when Rutgers was getting what they wanted on offense and Illinois was more susceptible. And it's just because you didn't have your anchor in yeah. there on the defensive end. And a guy that feels like he's your biggest communicator back there, he's the guy that's always in the right spot. He's not out of position. And then even on offense, like I, it felt like, at least to me, it felt like you could see that he was hurt when he mm. went, went. A couple of his shot attempts just felt like he didn't have much legs behind it. Yeah. But I still think that he's important to your offense, especially in a matchup like this against Cliff, because he can kind of draw him away from the basket. Amen. You, he can be kind of a hub of your offense where he can handle the ball. We even saw – I even saw early, I thought one of the best plays of the game offensively is when Coleman caught it at the top of the key, kind of penetrated, and then Quincy Garrier back cut his oh, guy and yes. threw down that, that phenomenal dunk Man, over him. at something. And those are just the types of plays that come off of getting Coleman involved in your offense. And he point. can see the floor so well too. So I agree with you. I think – 
that's just kind of been the story of his career. I don't think, you know, I just don't think we're going to get to a point where Coleman's going to be putting up 18 points consistently for you. But I still think you need to appreciate and value what he brings to the floor because it, there is an impact with him. And it's been that way even last year that you can tell when he's on the floor versus when he's off the floor. Yeah. And you can tell the difference when he's not out there. We used to laugh about this when I was in the media and had votes for all conference teams. I used to laugh about how the coaches sometimes would put a guy on one of their three teams that the media didn't have on. And it, we, we would laugh and say, that's because these coaches identify what that person right. brings to a team. And if you're not a coach, you don't understand how it makes your team just play better and look better, et cetera, and there's more success because of it. If you're a media member, you're going to click through the points-per-game <laughs> leaderboard exactly right. and whatnot. Yeah, you know? unless it's the team you're covering, right. right? Yeah, No, I'm with you. Okay, so moment of silence here. What the hell are you doing with Field of 68? I got a podcast on Jeff their Goodman media network with my friend. Yeah. What? I, I'm hosting an Illini Hoops podcast with one of my buddies. They're giving students an opportunity to host some shows on their okay. podcast network, and I got a podcast that drops every Monday, so That's go cool. check it out if you haven't heard it. So what's it called again? Uh, well, it's our, our podcast called Champagne on Ice, and you can find it if you look up on YouTube, Field of 68 Podcast Network, or go on Apple Podcasts. Look at that. Well, of course, you know I'm – well, I'm not kidding, actually, because Goodman stole Trevor. Yeah, well – not quite to that point yet. Well, maybe right, someday. I guess. Okay, maybe someday. But if he steals you, Goodman and I are going at it. Uh, but, no, I did like this from a 217. He's like, long-time listener, many-time texter. The lawn lineup looks good. I was thinking about this Saturday after the game, waiting to watch SIU blow it in the, uh, in the, in the football playoffs. But uh, you have a guy from SIU and Marcus Damask. I know he says, my son, Luke, Luke Goody, he's yeah. just my guy. From Indiana, right? So we got an Indiana guy. We got a Southern transfer. We've got the lefty in Terrence Shannon, who I've always wanted. And we have the Canadian in Garrier. And I thought, this is the perfect team for me. Like, I have no idea how to put to, put together a team that is, uh, that is better than that. Uh, Scott asks, can Coleman come back if he doesn't get drafted? I'm not going to be as mean as Scott. Well, he can come back. I would find it highly unlikely that he's too. going to even if he's off of draft boards it just feels like he's flirted with it for so yeah. long now but I maybe you never know a, i could see him being i i hate to even say this because he's one of those guys that i admire so much because he stuck it out for four years he didn't play a lot his freshman year kind of slowly built up minutes he's been a little bit of an ire sometimes of illini fans but he is one guy that's going to be a four-year player for the University of Illinois, and he stuck it out in this time where everybody's leaving. I think that needs to be noticed, and and kudos to him a little bit for that. But I could almost see him being that fifth-year guy going, you know what, I'm going to go play somewhere else. Almost like your guy in Michigan uh, who went to Kansas. Who, well, I can't, oh, oh Hunter, Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, almost like I, I just want to see where, what's on another. But there again, Coleman's been very loyal I think Brad is very loyal to Col to Coleman to the point where Brad gets on him when he doesn't shoot enough yep. and doesn't do things. So I, I, I like that idea. All right, let's talk a little bit about this. You mentioned it. It was it was definitely the Lante smile game because I was watching this going, man, are we getting every rebound? And I know that Brad Underwood, when he was at Stephen F. Austin, his teams were really good in rebounding. And I think his one his one year at Oklahoma State, I think they were really good at rebounding. And he's had a lot of seasons here at Illinois where their teams or his teams, excuse me, have rebounded a lot better than the opponent. So I know that's a big thing for him. 
And I know going into this season, when you looked at Garrier, who, you know, back in the day at Syracuse averaged over 10 a game, I think, for one season. I, I, Damask, I've watched him rebound, tough rebounds down it, at SIU. And, you know, Coleman, you know, can pick up a few. You've got guards that are big that can go in like Shannon. Rodgers is great. Oh, Ty, Ty Rodgers being your point guard, one of the strengths of that is that he is probably as good a rebounding point guard as you're going to find. I'm so glad that you brought him up because at the end of that game, I thought he had more than what he had. Yeah, I, I know, think they right? only had him for like five, and I was like, what? He had to have double figures. But Brad Underwood, after the game, talked about just kind of the dominance of Illinois on the rebounding side. That's unique. Um, you know, I thought that it was an area that, that we've always been good at. I've been really upset with my team uh, because of our lack of, of offensive rebounding. We've been a top team that you know a top team in our league, a top team in the country in terms of offensive rebounding over the years. And um, you know to to win games on the road, you have to offensive rebound. You got to find some easy baskets, and uh, we weren't finding enough easy baskets. Um, I thought Quincy Gurrier, I thought uh, uh, Justin Harmon, I thought uh, early we were. Really, really, Ty Rogers. I thought we were really effective on the glass, and we were doing it from all five spots. So um, it was a point of emphasis. I'm glad it sunk in because um, we needed all of that today to win. Gurrier. Yeah. Not Gurrier. I don't know. How he to also that. calls Domask Domask. Yeah, he, I'm like Damask. No, I say Damask. That's what I say. Marcus and I say Garrier, and I hear, so I guess we're wrong. That's funny. I hear a lot of people say Domask. I would hope the head coach knows how to pronounce his <laughs> player's name, so we should probably I guess every time I heard uh, Damask's name at SIU when they were broadcasting But the games, broadcasters say it. It would always be Damask. That way, so so who know. knows? I know one thing. I can say Terrence Shannon Jr. Yeah. And he's really good. Yeah. A eh, Brad? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Terrence is comfort. There was so much unknown last year. He was a new player in our program, uh, just trying to be a piece of it. Um, we were young. We're obviously not young. We're older. Um, and um, just the comfort of, of, of knowing that. And he was obviously in a first-team all-league guy last year. and, and uh, But I think he didn't rest on his laurels. He He – he took advantage of his experience going through the draft. He got better. He worked. Um, that's that's showing in his game. And, um, you know, I've said this. I think he's the best two-way player in the country. Defensively, he's elite. And uh, tonight we get ten rebounds out of him. Uh, Terrence can do that every night. And, you know, that's that's what good players do is they find ways to stuff a stat sheet and help their team win, and, and he's doing it all. And he does. I mean, and it's just – and when he gets going downhill – Yep. I mean, I know they compared that to when Io played here, and Io could certainly do that. There's another gear almost. And I'm not even – like, I'm not even just one of those that's living in the now and forgetting what Io Coleman could do – or, I'm sorry, Io DeSumo could do and how good he was. But Shannon just – to the point where it's almost reckless, but yet it's not. Right. I'm like, how do you not draw 30 charges a game? I don't. I don't. I doesn't foul. No out one wants to step in front of that right. guy getting downhill to take a, a charge. Big dude, Kyle. He and, is huge. And I know in the Marquette game there were some layups that Illinois missed. There's no doubt, and there's going to be more games like that. And Brad really talked a lot about that after that Marquette game. They missed some key layups down the stretch, and they did. But man, Shannon. 
And it's almost like any time Rutgers thought about making some kind of a little run, Shannon would just step up and drill a three or grab a rebound. And as soon as you see him get on that, you're like, oh, crap, look out. I mean, I, I, and, and the way he is able to, it's not a straight line. Like the way no. he's able to shift and shimmy in the air or it's just, it's well, a yeah, special. He, there was one play in transition where he picked up the ball like just inside the three-point line. And he had like a step-through move where it was like, oh, it's I a know. blur. I mean, it, 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 how do you stay in front of that That's guy? Incredible. And, and he finishes with the left hand, but he's on a different level right now. I think the biggest thing is that we, I mean, we got a glimpse of it last year and we saw it, him getting downhill. It's, there's not a lot of people that can stop him. But I think this year you're seeing him take his game to the next level because he's actually shooting the basketball yeah. at a high clip and it feels like he has taken a step forward in terms of playmaking and creating for other guys. And so if if he can maintain those things, I think he is going to take Illinois a long way and he's a guy that you can trust with the ball. And kudos to a 217 that said Shannon doesn't have to battle Meyer for shots this year. It's his team now for sure. There Fair was point. there was a weird dynamic last year with those two, even in a press conference. The way they would yeah. kind of look at each other and wonder who was going to answer, I'm just like, something's not right. It, 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 didn't it feel like last year you could tell early on in a game, well, this is going to be a Shannon game or uh -huh. this is going to be a Meyer game? Yeah. And it's like they didn't really coexist very much. It totally was, agree. This guy's going to be the guy tonight or this guy's yep. going to be the guy. Yep, I totally agree. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Sean Harrington could touch on that. He's coming up. One more, though, from Brad Underwood talking about his offense against Rutgers, that's always been, look, I, I think without the true point guard, offense will always be something that Illinois fans wonder about. Certainly, Illinois did enough rebounding, defense, et cetera, to win that game against Rutgers, but their offense showed up as well. We've really tried to emphasize, you know, we've been trying to emphasize driving the ball. You know, I go back to our Kansas exhibition. We shot 26 free throws in one half, and, and you know, we just got passive. Um, I thought we made really good decisions tonight in terms of when to attack and transition and when not. I think that's, that's uh, we had one or two segments in the first half, one or two possessions where we got a little, little out of sorts. But, um, you know, on the road, you got to be selective. Um, I thought we did a good job of that, and, and we drove the ball. And, you know, Terrence was impressive the first half getting downhill. Marcus was, was living in the paint, as was Ty. Good stuff. Brad Underwood, big win against Rutgers. And, I mean, you can't state it enough. Illinois does not normally win that first game on the road in the Big Ten. I think it was the second one they've won since 2011. That's crazy. It was out of Iowa, I think. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. And there were so many years in between where these first two – I know Illinois is only doing the one Big Ten game this year where some are doing two – that there were years where Illinois never could go 2-0. and right. They'd always be 1-1. One and one. And it's like, why can't we just be 2-0 and going into – the holiday season, and then start January the right way. Well, you started it the right way with that game against Rutgers. And now to here's your reward. You get to play FAU next, ranked like 11th in the country. Illinois now up to 20, according to Kyle. And then you get a game with Tennessee, who is was, I know, last or Well, I wasn't here last week. Two weeks ago, they were projected as a one seed on Lunardi. On, I don't know how, why I said it like that. That was weird. On Joe Lunardi's um, bracketology. So that just kind of, I'm not saying that's the be all, but right. that kind of tells you what people think of Tennessee. And yeah. you got to go to Knoxville and listen to the, uh, the old chant, you yeah. know, the rocket top. 
Tennessee's on a three-game losing streak, but the three losses are Purdue in Maui, wow. Kansas in Maui, and then at North Carolina. Oh, so, goodness. I still think they're really good. and Well, they'll be wanting to win. They'll be hungry. That's the other <laughs> thing. I mentioned that to Pipes last week. I almost I wanted them to win that North Carolina game last week because now here we go. They're on the three-game yep. losing streak. They come back home. Now they're going to shoot 60%. Amen. Here we go. Before this show is out, and we're going to talk to Sean Harrington next. We've got to catch a break here. Sean Harrington, former Illini, of course. Everybody knows Sean. Excellent. I always learn something when I talk to him about basketball. Before this show is out, can you cue up the Pat McAfee from College Game Day? Oh, that was great. The prediction where he goes crazy with Georgia fans and then completely flips it. That dude is something special, man. He really is something special I for us. I love him. And I remember one last year where he did the Rocky Top down in Knoxville, and he was like, Rocky Top! You know, and they're all singing it. And he's got a decent voice, too. Yeah. I mean, he's just a funny. Who was the guy on the set with him? Is he a comedian? Theo Vaughn. I don't even know who he is, really. I, I, I was like, am I supposed to? That's when you know you're old. When you don't even know who's on the set with College Game Day, I'm like, first of all, Lee Corso, I'm sorry, but. You know, it, it was a great run for him. It was a really good he run. He was outstanding for a long time. I mean, Herbstreit uh, just sits there and like, I know. you can see him trying to pull words out of Corso's. I, I, Lee's great. He's a legend. Oh, he's phenomenal. But, but certainly, I think it's. There, the, there comes a point it's where. Un, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Then they show the video where he's going around the circling the well, I'm like what are we doing here <laughs> all right let's catch a break Sean Harrington's next let's do it it's the drive the Urbana Indoor Aquatic Center is selling passes to the indoor pool 50% off December 4th through the 8th. Visit the Indoor Aquatic Center at 102 East Michigan in Urbana. Buy passes for admission to the pool for lap swimming or the winter break public swim sessions. Open for public swim December 20th through January 3rd from 1.30 to 5.30 p.m. Punch cards are a great way for families and groups to enjoy the pool for a discount. To learn more, visit urbanaparks.org. The hammering, the sawing, the drilling, all the sounds of the workplace from music to our ears. You can be a part of construction projects, large and small, as a Carpenters Local 243 member. Learn to excel with apprentice and journeyman training. Members enjoy all the benefits this internationally recognized union has to offer. It's a life-changing decision. Join the local 243 family tradition. Contact Carpenters Local 243 at 217-356-5463. At Busey Bank, we're proud to connect communities through financial outreach and economic opportunity. Building a stronger, more vibrant community, Busey offers tools and resources to individuals, families, and business owners to achieve financial success. Building strong financial futures, one family, one street, one city at a time. Busey Bank, member FDIC, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Crossroads Contractor Supply specializes in the delivery of tools and supplies within a 150-mile radius of Champaign-Urbana. Reliable, timely, and with reasonable prices, Crossroads Contractor Supply knows what equipment and tools are needed for your job. Their slogan, we have it when you need it. Get the job done right with proper tools and equipment. Did something break? Construction materials as well as safety equipment all available. Call 402-8123. Visit Crossroads Contractor Supply IL. 
I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first, you call me second. Make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. Like every bank, there's a time every day when we stop making loans. But at Iroquois Federal, we never stop making a difference. Thanks to an amazing team of employees who give back to their local communities all over central Illinois. From hospital boards and local school programs to Kiwanis and the United Way, Iroquois Federal employees donated more than 1,000 volunteer hours last year. And we'll do it again next year because the only thing we like more than making a loan is making a difference. Iroquois Federal. Still friendly. Still local. Still here. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Kelsey Furniture in downtown Tuscola sells Tempur-Pedic beds. What's it like? I'm going to tell you right now, Stevie, that that thing is the best thing I've ever slept on in my life. My wife and I both have said we've never had better night's sleep. And the people at Kelsey's were fantastic. Brian is the guy that helped us. You know, as much as I did my research, he had a world of knowledge about beds themselves. Oh, man, it's like sleeping on a cloud, man. Kelsey Furniture, downtown Tuscola. Sometimes you have people that you consider friends in life, and I would never consider a friend someone that would allow me to come to Florida and it be in the 30s. So that's why Sean Arrington is no longer a friend of mine, but he does join the show here on The Drive with Tay and Piper. No pipes, Kyle Toss, Sean Arrington. What's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? I am good, my friend. I assume it's warmed up. It, it, we, we do that every once in a while when we know you're coming down because <laughs> it, the population's getting so crowded down here. We don't need a lot more. Right. And so we got we to gotta funnel in the air conditioning for people once in a while just so they don't think it's paradise every day. Wouldn't it be funny if the entire state of Florida all of a sudden they wake up and they're like, ah, oh, is Lon down here again? Like That's it. <laughs> That's my fault. I'll have to start picking a different spot to come on occasion. That's what I'll do. We, we, pre- we appreciate it. We appreciate it. <laughs> well, Sean, what have you been up to, my friend? I know you were able to come back home recently for Bill's self, coming back to, of course, uh, State Farm Center now, the old Assembly Hall where he coached. And that was a special weekend, I know, for you guys with uh, that game helping the people in Maui. But what was that like? I know, I know Bill Self – I know you're a guy that there's coaches that really meant a lot to you. I know Lon Kruger meant a lot to you, Bill Self, Rick Majerus. You can go down the list. And you, of course, grew up with your dad, who was a wonderful high school coach. So coaching is important to you. So what was that like to get Coach Self back and kind of see things mend, if you will? Yeah, it was special. And that's the only way to describe it. Um, you know, what, what Bill Self did for Illinois basketball mm. uh, in, the, in the three years that he was there, um, 
you know, was was incredible. And, and we had a great run in the three years that he was there. He set it up extremely well. So there was another three-year run uh, after he left, uh, you know, with obviously D. Darren, Luther Roger, uh, James. Um, and he meant a lot to us, you know, just as players. Uh, you, you know, you talk about, like, a player's coach. You hear that yeah. term a lot. And what does it mean exactly? And, that, and that's what he was. It was we would run through a wall for him because we knew yeah. he cared, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those, you can feel it, you know, coaches can say things, they can do things, but uh, when they really mean it, you feel it. And uh, he had a way of getting on you at practice and just, you know, getting after you and, and, you know, screaming at you and cursing you out at times. And at the end of the practice, he'd put his arm around you. He'd ask you, you know, about your family. He'd ask about your girlfriend. That's he'd cool. ask you, you know, what's going on in life and, you know, what radio station are we listening to? That was obviously before we had uh, <laughs> uh, Apple watches and Apple phones. And also, well, you know, what, what radio station we got in the car, you know, on the way home, you know, kind of thing. And, um, you know, so he, he cared about you. He, you know, so he, he got the best out of your practice. He worked you extremely hard. He put us through, you know, the ringer while he was there. And, you know, the hardest workouts I've ever been through and mm. practices I've ever been through. Um, but it made us better. It made us tougher. And, you knew he cared about you, and uh, it's really cool. We we got a group thread, uh, oh, a text sweet. thread that that whole team. Uh, there there's about 15 of us on there with, with players. Uh, Coach uh, Self obviously on it. Coach uh, Roberts is on there. Coach Judd's on there. Oh, awesome. uh, so really cool that we all keep in touch. And um, you know he would do anything for you now. And it's you know I, I've been able to get back to Kansas like three times for games, and you know he answers your call and puts you on the ticket list, and you know he. <laughs> He's just incredible and gives you the treatment. Uh, you know, let my kids, you know, run around on Allen Fieldhouse, you know, floor to shoot baskets and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have to do that. You know, right. there's nothing that I can do for him now that he's getting the benefit from doing that for me. So, um, just, just really special. And he, he treats all of us that way when you give him a call. So just a lot of fun to be with our players there back at the hall. We don't get a chance to, you know, be together in those situations too often because everybody's all over the country. And, sure. Um, you know, different jobs and different, some of them playing up until a couple of years ago, Corey Bradford just finally hung it up a few years ago. So for all of us to be able to get together, uh, it's special. It's really cool. How was your interaction and has it been with Brad Underwood? Uh, good. Yeah. Um, obviously haven't, I haven't been back there as much as, you know, you'd like to be in Florida. So I've only been able to make it back. I think two or three times, um, that he's been there. I've actually called a few games of his, early on in, uh, in his tenure at Illinois. Uh, I was right. lucky enough to call his championship game when he was at uh, um, Stephen F. Austin. And, um, oh, cool. You know, we, we, we were joking about it there. Um, you know, I said, how, how would you like to come do, you know, coach the Illini? You know, we had, we had a, you know, obviously him being at Western uh, Illinois, you know, previous to that. And we had some good conversations about that before he even jumped on. Oh, so that's cool. Uh, I don't know him extremely well, but in past, you know, those types of situations, we had great conversations. Um, I think his, I think his uh, kid uh, uh, was a huge Brian Cook fan, you know, mm. back in the day. So we joked about that, you know, he's at Western at the time. And I think he had, you know, got a Cook jersey for Christmas, you know, and all those <laughs> kinds of things. So I've had some good conversations with him. Uh, here and there, and and like I said, obviously I don't get down there or uh, back up there as, as much as I would like to, just because of being in Florida now. But um, definitely have had uh, some interactions with them here. I will tell you this, and your dad would tell you this, and Sean Harrington would know that. If you gave me a group of freshmen to coach one year, I'm going to probably yell more. I'm going to be more 
less understanding of what's going on than if you gave me a bunch of seniors like he's got this year. Brad seems a lot happier this year. What do you think of his style of coaching? And I'm not even talking about the yelling. I don't care about that. I know that bothers some people, but I, 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 I grew up with a high school coach that yelled at me and it didn't bother me one bit and we move on. In fact, we laugh about it now. But what do you think about Brad's style of coaching? And, and, and with that, what do you think of this team that's, that is yeah. an old veteran team? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you know, his coaching style, you know, he gets on you. And, and obviously, you know, there is the screaming that's involved in that at times. And like I said, I know Coach Self did it as well. So sure. I, I, I was with the best. So it, there's a time and a place for that. Um, I don't think you can ever belittle someone. You know, there's a difference between getting on somebody and, and really belittling them or name calling or, you know, those types of things. Makes I sense. think he's very motivational. Um, I think you got to get on kids at times. Um, I think you have to pick your battles when you do because if you do it all the time, they tune you out and it's not effective then when you do do it. Um, you know, I feel like his teams play very loose. I feel like they, they, they come out and they play free. Um, you know, some people may argue and say they play a little too loose and a little too free at times, but that's okay. You can always kind of reel them in. But I feel like they play very hard, and that's you know that's coaching. When you can get a team to come out and play extremely hard, uh, play their game, um, you know that's putting your kids in a good spot. So uh, I think he does he does a very good job on that side of it of getting the guys mentally prepared uh, going into ball games. Sean Arrington, great, great answers as always. I always learn stuff about basketball, and I, Sean and I joke a bunch, but I'm dead serious when I say that. I love having him on, and I know a, a lot of our listeners, well, all of our listeners, enjoy that. By the way, you're hearing Sean Harrington here on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Uh, did I tell you that a couple of weeks ago, or when was that, Kyle? That uh, the well, it was that weekend, I guess, because the Johnson boys were in town. And, and no, 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 no. It wasn't that weekend. It was a couple weekends later because it was dad's day at Illinois football and Brian's daughter goes to school at Illinois. So Lucas gets a hold of me. He goes, Hey, you still going to be tailgating in your spot. I'm like, yep, come on out. And then he's, I said, Hey, by the way, we're going to be live at Pia's on Friday. If you'd want to come out and he goes, well, it's not going to work out, whatever. I'm like, no worries. So here it is about three, you know, we do our show from three to five now, which is four to six Florida time. That's a joke with Sean and I, but um, here it is about three forty, and two tall dudes come walking out, holding a big old draft beer. And I was like, Oh crap. The Johnson boys are here. And you can imagine what ensued from there, Sean. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, talk about characters. That, that, that's, that's, that's the definition of a character when you look it up. So great, great guys there. And the story that they have is, um, hopefully they can't share too much of it on the air with you guys. Uh, you guys would probably get banned from radio uh, after that. But, um, yes, I mean, we always used to joke, uh, Rod Cardinal would just get so excited in the training room before practice because he would just, he would close his mouth and open his ears and he would just hear the stories coming out just march in the mirror. And Rod said it was, you know, some of the funniest times that he had ever had listening to those guys tell their, uh, their stories and all the antics that they were up to. Uh. Hey, as somebody that loves basketball, do you remember Brian Johnson's team? That team that won the Big Ten with Matt Heldman and Kevin I do. Turner? Yeah. I mean, how, I do. Yeah. how unprobable is it? Unprobable, yeah. improbable, whatever the word is, for that team to win a Big Ten title? Yeah, well, uh, you know, it, it, everybody bought in, right? I, yeah. I think you had just a bunch of guys that it wasn't their group. Uh, they had been through the battles, um, you know, veteran group that knew how to play the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. And that's. You know, they, they, they didn't lose P 
people had to beat them. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it was one of those. They, they were not going to lose the game. Uh, you had to physically, you had to win the game from them. So they, they weren't going to beat themselves, and that goes a long way. Um, and high character guys, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, great coach uh, leading the way there. So yeah, just that was a fun team to watch, just because they oh. definitely overachievers. Um, but they had, you know, everybody bought in and was, it was locked in in that group. Isn't it amazing that obviously we know what Lou Henson did for Illinois basketball, but near the end, you know, we knew it was kind of time. And then what Lon Kruger was able to come in and elevate. And then of course, like you mentioned with Bill self coming in and just kind of even elevating that more, that, that, that was such a special time for Illini fans to understand. And I know we've been through this a hundred times and people are probably like, we've been through this Lon, but I mean, Kyle, you're a fresh, you're a sophomore now at Illinois. Can you imagine in your entire career, one team beating you at home? Like, can you imagine being in the Orange Crush and one time seeing a defeat at home? That's what it was like, Sean. It was just like, yeah. well, welcome to the assembly hall because you're leaving as a loser. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you have to do that to be good. Yes. You know, and, yes. and that's the thing. It, it, it should be every team's goal to go undefeated at home every year. You, you know, that, that's, that's a reasonable goal. Um, and, and it's a goal that you need to do. Um, you know, you have to defend your home. And, you know, that's what – if. You know, I know we talk about sometimes we'll get into it, the plus-minus. Illinois plus-one. Yes. You know, if you're following that already. So, I mean, massive win at Rutgers uh, because that puts them at plus-one. And the plus-minus system is basically you have to win at home. You get zero points for a home win and zero points for a home loss because that's what you're supposed to do. So it separates it. You get a plus-one for a road win, a minus-one for a home loss. Ooh. And so if you can go undefeated at home, you're there, which means you have to go five and five on the road. And that would put you at plus five, and plus five always will win a Big Ten championship wow. out of a crazy year. So the goal is always defend your home. And obviously, I know they flipped up with Marquette, but that's a very reasonable goal in the Big Ten is to go ten and zero at home. And then you got to find a way to go five and five, and they're one and one. They're one and zero. So yeah. they're off to a great start on the road. All road wins count the same. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's hard to win it on the road. Purdue just showed you that they lost at Northwestern. Uh, you know, that, that shouldn't happen. And, you know, so Illinois got a plus one up on Purdue. Uh, and, and that's a, that's a big deal. So road wins are huge. This team can do that. It's an older team. Uh, the goal should be to win at home every single game. And you, you should believe it. You should feel it. Uh, Illinois crowd is electric when that place is full and it's loud. It's a tough place to play. It's one of the harder places to play in the country. Uh, so it's a great home court advantage. And, you know, we used to say it all the time. No one's coming in here and beating us. Mm. Um, you know, we just talked about it all the time and we believed it. And, you know, this team has a good record at home over the last few years. And that's why they've been successful. They've actually been really good on the road. Yeah, I think they they've been the best road team in the big 10 in the last four years. So that's where they're making up some ground for a couple of the slip ups that they've had here at home. But, um, that should be the goal is to win at home. And this team can do that and then go find a way to win four or five games on the road. And you're going to be looking at a big 10 title. Boom. Sean, going back to Saturday's game, it, it, one of the biggest talking points this offseason about this roster was the lack of a true point guard and some of the offensive limitations that that could create for this team. It felt like Saturday against Rutgers was by far their most complete offensive performance so far this season. What stood out to you on the offensive end that allowed Illinois to have so much success against a good defensive Rutgers team on the road? And what do you think the key is for this team to kind of overcome and mask the lack of a true uh, ball handler point guard? Yeah, I, I think we've seen it now for four straight games. 
and I didn't want to get overreact because the competition wasn't very good in those last three games leading up to Rutgers, but they played extremely well, and they played the right way. This is a team that I think their biggest thing is they need to be in attack mode because everybody on the perimeter, including their five when it's Hawking, can beat their guy off the bounce, and they can get to the basket, and they can score. Uh, they're tall. They're long. It's their strength. They need to play to that. I know it's a three-point shooting era. Uh, I wish I played now and I could shoot 10 to 12 threes a game and not, you know, blink an eye and just say, oh, that's what we do now. We put up 10 to 12 threes. So I would love it. Um, but you got to take good threes. And now we've seen that now for the fourth straight game that the right guys are shooting it. Uh, you want Shannon uh, and you want Goody shooting the majority of your threes. And everybody else, if it's now the penetrate and kick, I don't want them shooting it, you know, unless it's a late shot clock situation. If they're wide open on a penetrate and kick, I want everybody letting it loose, and that, that's a good shot. That's a quality shot. Uh, the other two guys got a little bit more of a green light, but then you look at Goody, he doesn't take bad threes, and, and you know, that, that, there's yeah. a reason why he's shooting 45%, uh, whatever it is now, the adjusted, but I think he was right around 45% three because he takes good threes. You know, he doesn't take bad threes. He's a great shooter, uh, but when you take a great shooter and take great shots, that's when you shoot 45%. So. Um, you know, you got some of the other guys that aren't 45% shooters taking threes off the dribble mm. or three or four steps behind the three. Uh, so now you're 36% three-point shooters, a 29% shooter. You know, if Goody's shooting Great those point. shots, he's probably a 38% shooter. Now, we'll still take that, but he's not hitting tough shots. He's making good threes right now. So I really believe uh, the last four games they've made a conscious effort to attack inside early. Uh, get to the basket early. The threes that they have taken have been a lot more penetrate and kick. Um, and I look at analytics. I don't like people that just base it on analytics, but mm -hmm. they've been shooting shots. About a third of their shots have been from three. And that's much better as opposed to 50% of your shots coming from three. Um, you know, so that, that's what I think you look at. And I do think the point guard is something that they're going to have to deal with throughout this year. Uh, there's no simple solution for that. Uh, but you can overcome it with good team basketball, taking good team shots, not turning the basketball over and attacking guys uh, and getting into the lane using your strength uh, instead of maybe the quickness of a point guard breaking teams down. Two more big tests coming up this week against mm. Florida Atlantic at the Jimmy V Classic and then at Tennessee on Saturday. What What is that like from a player's perspective to head into these big marquee non-conference games, and what do you make of these two matchups for this year's team? Yeah, as a player, this is Christmas. I mean, this this is what you dream of. I mean, like, you know, the most fun I had in the season was my sophomore year, and we just, every single week, I think we played six or seven ranked teams in the non-conference. So, it was one of those, every time we turned around, it was a ranked team, and it's so easy to get excited. It's so easy to get up for those games. Um, so, players love this. You get to go play in the Garden, which is one of the most iconic arenas Yes. Ever, um, you know, so so that's fantastic, and obviously Tennessee's done really well the last two three years. Uh, been one of those uh, key teams, um, so this is this is a terrific week for them. Um, you know, it's when you look at Florida Atlantic. Uh, you know, I, I'll do my scouts again tomorrow. So if you, you're following yep, me on Twitter, we'll throw it. those out. So I'm not going to give you all of my gems right now, but I think it's I, I really do. I think they match up well. Um, with Golden on the inside. He's a great player, but I think you can use uh, Hawkins' um, 
speed and quickness on the perimeter. Golden's not going to want to come out there and guard him. Uh, so he's either going to get open penetrating kick because Golden's not going to come out there, or he's going to come out there and you can beat him off the dribble. Uh, and then I want to pound him inside with danger. So, like, make him play both of those guys and make him play different in the post uh, to wear him down a little bit, pick up some fouls on him uh, where he can't slide his feet as much. Here He's got to be physical with danger. So make him work there. I think you match up well there. I think you match up really well with Davis, uh, with Terrence Shannon. Um, you know, so I, I, I think in, the, in, the, in that matchup there uh, with, with their wings, um, you, you know, match up really well with those guys. And so I, I think just as far as a matchup point, uh, it's a good matchup. And Fort Atlantic's good. You know, it's kind of one yeah. of those, it's a tricky game because of the game. You know, mm-hmm. and, and let's just be honest. Yep. You know, you look at Florida Atlantic and you're like, I know they went to the final four, but Florida Atlantic, right? They can't be great. And, and that's going to creep, you know, like this is the, we're talking about, no, this team's not 18, 19 year old guys, but this, you know, these are 23, 24 year old guys. But you, you sometimes look at that and you think, okay, I know they're good. We respect them, but we got them, you know? Yep. So it's, they got to look past the name of the Jersey because it's a very good program over the last two years. And this is a very solid team. Uh, they're very good. They're very experienced. Everybody's back from last year's team that went to the Final Four. Um, so it is a very good team and, you know, should be a fun matchup let's go. Uh, tomorrow. All right, Sean, a lot of times you'll hear a celebrity, let's say, on ESPN, and, and that's cool. They give an interview, and then they're selling something at the end. I just want everybody to know <laughs> this is my idea. This is not Sean's idea to not have him on for this, but – You've got like a clothing line that I think Illini fans would love. I know one of them, it was the old, we hate them all, right? That was, is that what self, Correct. Uh, yeah, self said, um, yeah. explain how, because I still haven't gotten mine. I need to get on there and get this done, but where can Illinois fans go to get some of this, uh, this the clothing? I know you, you've got them in orange, you got them in white, a lot of different yeah. stuff. Kind of fill yeah. us in on that. Yeah, it's, um, so just, it's beyond the arc. Tees.com. So beyond the RTs.com, you can go to it tonight, get it done before midnight. Um, it's open uh, for a pre-order. Um, it'll shut down after tonight. Uh, they'll close up and all those orders will go out uh, December 15th. So you'll get them before the bragging rights. There's oh. a bragging rights shirt in there. Uh, you'll get it before Christmas. So if you want to do your shopping, uh, you can do that. But I really just did it as just kind of a little side deal. I went to the uh, Dick Vitale Gala last year, and it was just so moving. Yeah. He, he does, Dick Vitale does so much for cancer um, research, for uh, pediatric uh, cancer research. And it was so moving, so touching. Um, just wanted to come up with a way to try to do something in regards to that. So a portion of every sale goes to that uh, banquet in uh, April of next year. I'll, I'll uh, uh, get Vitale and that foundation a check for that. Um, so just awesome. for a good cause. Um, you know, it's just something that, um, you know, and just, and just fun shirts. So you yeah. mentioned there, there's a shirt that it says, we hate them all. Uh, just a funny, you know, you can go find that story on my Twitter as well <laughs> of Judson going absolutely ballistic at halftime of a game in 2001 against Wisconsin and coach sells first year. And he's like, I knew we were rivals with Missouri, Indiana, Iowa. I didn't realize we hated Wisconsin. And he's like, you know, who's our biggest rival Judd? And he said, we hate them. We hate them all. You know what I mean? And it's so true. That's if you're, awesome. you're an Illinois fan, you hate them all. So that that one's there. Um, we got a little uh, uh, silhouette of D Brown on I there. I love that. I'm looking um, at that right now. So, yeah. So, um, you know, and, and D was uh, very nice. Let me use his image, and he's going to get a little something back for letting us use the image as well. Sweet. So, um, you know, trying to help, you know, just helping out Illinois family uh, in that regard. And there's, like I said, there's a bragging right shirt up there. Yep. Um, you know, so just uh, 
and then there's a crusher. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to ours. Uh, you know, I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. So, you you, you know, that's, uh, you know, that classic line from the rap song back in our day. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, the crush is the best fan base, the best student section in the country. So just a little shout out to them. So just some fun things, you know, hopefully raise the money for, for cancer and, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, just some different things out there to be uh, a proud Illini fan. Love so, it. Uh, if anybody's listening today, jump on it. We open it up occasionally just to, you know, kind of promote it and do some of that. But um, we wanted to get this one up and running, and then they close it, so they'll ship everything out by the 15th so everybody can have it by bragging rights or Christmas if you're looking for some uh, last-minute Christmas gifts. All right, well, I didn't realize that, so we got to get this order today. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm getting Kyle the crush shirt because he's done a lot for me in helping me get to my son's games. He deserves it. I, I love that. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. This is awesome. And D Brown, I mean, that's a great, all right. Beyond the arc tease.com. Tease.com. Is yep. it not T E E S right? I'm old man here. I know it you is. can just Google it. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, okay. T E E S. Yep. People yep. laugh at me because arctease.com. Yep. Okay. I'll still start something with www. They're like, Lon, you really, you don't need to do that anymore. I'm like, <laughs> okay, dang it. <laughs> Sean Arrington, you're awesome. My friend, it's always great to catch up. No, I appreciate it. Enjoy the games this week. Let's and, go. uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks buddy. Sean Harrington. Oh, by the way, follow him on Twitter at, S-M, as in Mary, not that his middle name's Mary, at S-M Harrington 24, that's what he wore. Uh, busy show, thanks to Sean Harrington on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Jay Lehman, the first hour is the greatest hour in radio. We, do we still have Pat McAfee? Do we have time? I'll, I'll get it in before we leave Okay, here. that's awesome. If you did not hear McAfee college game day, a lot of times I don't watch the entire college game day. I actually sat down and watched most of it because I was excited about the day in general. Um, And you had Illinois going that day. SIU played that night. You had, of course, Illinois basketball. You had all these title games. That That was so fun. But then McAfee stole the show when they were predicting Georgia and Alabama. It's awesome. So we're going to end the show with that. Kyle, great stuff, as always. Derek Piper will be with us tomorrow from New York. We'll hear from Brad Underwood. that He met with the media today, and we'll kind of give our thoughts on Illinois and FAU. I'm running way late. It's the drive. (laughs) A lot of things going on here. A lot of things is the... Hmm. All right, I don't have Pat McAfee. I'll oh, save you it don't? for tomorrow. I, I have it, but something's going wrong here. Something's gone wrong. Yeah, I'm even looking at... The, I'm staring at the board right now, and I don't understand why it wouldn't be working. Is the volume on there? Oh, well. We'll get it tomorrow. Oh, you got it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Everybody have a great night. Howard's laugh is the best part of that whole thing. What happened just now? Great stuff, baby. Have a good night, everybody.